Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Go with me while you're still standing. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of 3 John. Third John, verse 2. We'll just read one verse together. Third John, verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And then jumping over to Psalms 103. Psalms 103, and we'll read verse number 1. Familiar scripture here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And I just want to talk to us just for the next little bit from this title, Is It Well With Your Soul? Is it well with your soul? Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. Amen. I love these these short uh, letters that we find in the New Testament, these short letters from John. There is so much that is that is packed within those few short chapters of the Bible. And, and one of the things that I love is that is that John, he doesn't he doesn't pull any punches whatsoever. The writer, John, the son of Zebedee, was the last surviving apostle. And uh, and he lived to an advanced age. History teaches us that these letters were among the last New Testament uh, documents to be written at the very fringe of the apostolic age. And so John is in his older age, and he's not pulling any punches. I mean, he's not trying to, he's not trying to get invites to come preach at somebody's church. He's telling it like it is. He's not trying to come on somebody's talk show and, and get invitations. No, he's he's just telling you like it is. And first John, if you go back, he he goes through and he affirms that Jesus truly came in the flesh and that he wasn't an apparition or a phantom. And, and he goes on to talk about in any teaching that des- that denies the full humanity of Jesus is suspect. You need to look into it, not to put up with it. He talks about how true believers, they are those who walk in the light and they seek God's forgiveness when they sin and they love one another. Second John emphasizes that false doctrine cannot be permitted a foothold in apostolic churches that Christians should not tolerate deviant teachings, and but they should walk in truth and that they should love one another. And then we get to 3 John. It's here that John underscores the importance of walking in the truth, demonstrating Christian love, and strengthening the network of apostolic churches. And so John 
He starts out his letter with prayer for this man named Gaius and, and praying that he would prosper in all things and be in health just as his soul prospers. There's one thing that the scripture lets us know right off the bat is that this man had a healthy soul. John was praying that he may prosper in all things and be in health just as his soul prospers. John is saying, as your soul is prospering, your soul is prospering greatly. Your, your spiritual life is very healthy. John is saying, I long that your health would mirror the health of your soul. I pray that your physical well-being would match your spiritual condition. Now, if we were asked the question this morning, would we like our physical condition to correspond with the status of our soul? What would our answer be? Would you like your physical condition to match the condition of that which your soul is in right now? What would your answer be? And the sad fact of the matter is that we often take better care of our physical well-being, our bodies, than we do our souls. John in his letter is kind of letting us know that the status of our soul is just as important as the status of our physical bodies. He says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. As important as it is for our bodies to be healthy, it's just as important that the condition of our soul is healthy also. You can have everything on the outside, but be unwell and unsuccessful and small on the inside. We could have the biggest bank account in the world. We could be the wealthiest person in our state. But if we don't have a healthy and wealthy soul, it's, it's not worth it. I believe true success can't be determined and gauged on the outside, but I think it's truly determined on the inside. It was, it was Jesus who said, what, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Gain everything on the outside, but have nothing on the inside. And so my thought this morning is, is this, how well is your soul? Is it, is it well with your soul? Is your soul well? And, and, and when you begin to think about your physical body and the, the different things to, that, that help to make it healthy, of course, your mind goes to things that you, you eat and things that you drink, and you, you start to think about exercising. And we should do those things. Those things, are, those things are good, that we should eat well, and we should we should exercise, and, and we should take care of this, this body. Those things are good. But aside from those things, what are things that we need in order to, to find peace, in order to uh, be sane? What are those things that we need to be healthy? And I started thinking about being around people. 
fellowship, godly fellowship, and, and being with family and, and places that, that I go where I just feel good. I, this place gives me peace. I feel peaceful. Those things can and help. Is there anybody here that travels for work quite a bit? Anybody? We've got one, one in the back, couple. I used to have a pretty lengthy travel uh, to work. It was an, an hour one way, so it was, I, I hated calculating. You used to have uh, an insane drive to work, and you'd spend so much time in the car and so much. I, I don't really like being that far away from home for long periods of time. And uh, there are some people that, that their jobs that they're in, that's all that they do is they travel Monday through Friday, and they come home on the weekends. That is not for me. I, I could never. I, could, I would have to be so desperate to have one of those jobs. And no offense to anybody that has those jobs. It's just different, you know, uh, uh, different ways of thinking and, 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 and things like that. But uh, I, I don't like being gone from home for very long periods of time. I know we go on vacations and we just return from a vacation. And, and I do like to travel. Don't think I just sit in my bedroom and just stare at the wall like that's what he loves doing. Like that's what he really enjoys. No, I like to get out. And I like to go to different places. But what happens just about every time, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this way, is by the time the vacation is wrapping up, maybe even a day or two before, you start talking about how you're ready to, to, to what? To go home. Right. You're, you're like, this is, I, I'm ready to go home. I mean, Dorothy was right. There's no place like home. I mean, click your, click your heels and, and no place. She was right. There is something about being gone for an extended period of time and, and then coming home. There is something about home. It's, it, it's, it's your home. Now, your, may ho your home may not be grand, and it, your home may not be exquisite. It may not be this extraordinary piece of property. It may not be a mansion, but you know what? It's yours. It's your home. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, it may not even be purchased. It may be rented. It may be leased. It may be stolen, but it's yours. It's your home. I mean, even if you go to college, you have roommates and you still have your space. It's your space. That's my corner. That's my cabinet. That's my territory. That's my home. Home. You know, they say that your home, home is where you can just let down. It's, 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 it's therapeutic to, to be home. It's where you are fully yourself. I love being home. And is it weird, but does, your home has a certain smell to it, right? It's like the family musk. Like you walk in and it's just like, I'm home. I'm telling the truth. Walk in and I'm home, right? That's what it is. Like, I don't know. Anyways, it's like you're finally there. Like, I'm home. And you know all of your spots throughout the house. You know all of your spots where you drop stuff, where you kick off the shoes and, and, and all of those things. You know all the, all the quirks of your home and all of the different drop spots there are. And you go into, it's your home. And if you do see a hair in the bathroom, it's yours. So it, it's, like, it's, so it's not so gross. 
but there's 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 no place there's no place like home studies have been conducted and they have proven scientifically that having a home is good for your health being able to have a place to call home this is where i let down this is where i i i, I let my hair down so to speak this is where you are fully yourself. It's amazing how necessary home is, right? You could be on vacation traveling the world, but you can only travel so long until you start to crave, I, I, I need to go home. You actually need it. The idea of being nomadic and having no home to go to isn't the desire of anyone. It's not even healthy for your emotions, for your mind. It's been proven that everyone desires a place to go to and call their home. And it, and it, and it brings up an interesting thought. Whenever, whenever we are asking ourselves, is it, is it well with my soul? Is my soul well, clearly God is wanting our souls to be well. I believe that God wants everything to go well for us. And John is praying that it goes well with our health, our physical body, as it goes with our soul. So our, our health and, and our wellness is not it's not to go from the outside in, but it's to go from the inside out. What's more important than our health and life and everything on the outside, health and wealth on the inside. Is it well with your soul? So it's been, it's been proven that it's so important for our overall health and and outlook on life if we regularly go home and have that space where I can just let down, to have that space where I can take the shoes off and just be home and be fully myself. I wonder if my soul needs the same thing. I wonder if there is a place where my soul can be home. If my health is to prosper just as my soul prospers, if having a place to call home and for me to go there is important for my physical place, I ask, where is the place where my soul can go to be at home? So if I need to go home, if my physical body, if I need to go home, where does my soul need to go? Where is home at for my soul? Does my soul need the same thing the soul you look at the soul and it takes you all the way back to the book of genesis and god created everything and we find where god has created adam and the bible says in genesis chapter 2 and 7 here right here is where we find the beginning of the soul the beginning of the soul of mankind, the beginning of the human soul. The Bible says that God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living soul. It, 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 isn't it interesting? Until man received the breath of God, he was a lifeless form. 
of the bishop, he was not alive. He, 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 he was there before God in just this lifeless form. Now, that will tell you something about the way that, that you and I are made. The way, our, our form is not what makes us alive. My outside is not what makes me a living creature. My soul is what makes me alive. And do you know what the soul is made of? My soul is made of the breath of God. That's what your soul is made of. That's what my soul is made of. It is made of the breath of God. Now, the Hebrews, they believed this, and they taught that the most essential characteristic of the human soul is God's breath. God's breath. They believe that the human soul and God's breath are connected because there was no human soul until God breathed. So not until Adam received the breath of God did his soul come alive. Now, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and so a Hebrew mind more easily understands the original language and what God is saying. And so when the Hebrews would teach the people of Israel, when they would teach about the soul, they would understand that they were directly speaking about God's breath. And when they were speaking about God's breath, they would understand them to be specifically talking about the soul. And so they literally believed this. Every man was living on borrowed breath. They also believe that every human being has God's breath within them. You have God's breath within you. I have God's breath within me. It all came from him. Now, if God's breath created your soul, where is the place that you can say, my soul is home? And this is why the Hebrews taught the power of praise. They taught that the highest office that a human being could hold was to be a worshiper, was to be someone that praised their creator because they saw it like this. If God's breath gave me my soul, then I will return that breath that he has given me to honor him and to praise him. And it has been taught. That, that it has been a thought that when that happens, when you recognize that the only reason you are alive is because of the borrowed breath that God has given you, when you give it back to him in praise and worship, that is when your soul finds its ultimate purpose. That is when your soul can truly be at home. When we know that each breath is borrowed breath. When we know that, 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 that this breath that is inside of us, it is borrowed, that our primary response to being a living creature, it should be gratitude because every breath that we have is a gift and every breath is an offering that is returned to God. When, when we lose our sense of wonder at the marvel of breath, then the posture of our soul turns from gratitude to presumption and forgetfulness. We assume that we deserve to exist. That it's a right rather than a grace. And we forget that we had absolutely nothing to do with our creation. 
I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to have that mindset. I don't want to think that way. I want to know that the only reason I stand up here today is because of God. The only reason I woke up this morning is because of God. The only reason that any of us are here today and breathing in this oxygen is because of the creator of it all. God, I know that you're the reason that I exist. And so I'm going to take this borrowed breath and I'm going to return it to you in praise. And worship. Now the Bible goes on to teach us that all of creation was created to be praised unto Him. Psalm 66 talks about how all of the earth worships you and sings praises to you. Psalms 19 says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Psalm 65 says the hills, the pastures, and the valleys, they shout Everything in the entire universe, it all exists for worship. It all exists just to say, Creator, God Almighty, He's glorious, He's wonderful, He is great. Your name is great in all the earth. Now, it, it, this is interesting because if you remember back a little, when God clothed himself in flesh and came to earth, he was carrying out his plan to make a way to redeem humanity. He came to restore everything back to the place before there was sin. And he comes, and, and, and if you know your Bible, just a few days before he's crucified, he makes an entrance into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, and many people who had been healed by him and ministered by him and who had heard him teach, all of a sudden they started throwing their garments on the ground for him to ride over, and then they continuously started shouting, Hosanna, you are our king. You are our God. And they began to worship him. Now, this, this really got the Pharisees and the scribes a little upset. Because people were literally claiming that Jesus was their Messiah and God of the whole earth. And the Bible says that they hollered out from the crowd, rebuke your disciples. They're calling him God. They're calling you God. And Jesus responds to them. And he says, if these were to keep silent, the rocks would immediately begin to cry out. And what he's trying to tell the Pharisees is this. You really don't get it, do you? If they don't use the breath that I gave them to praise, the earth and the creation and the mountains will grow mouths and begin to cry out, Hosanna, because it was all created for praise back to the creator. Is it well? with your soul 
Where does your soul find fulfillment? Where can your soul go and say, this is my home? I believe that it is when you begin to worship and praise the God of the whole universe. Is there anybody here that their soul is ready to find home? Anybody here that desires to praise and worship the Lord? Would you just clap your hands unto him for just a few moments? Lord, we give you glory. And can I tell you, it's more than just singing a song. It's more than just knowing the lyrics to, Lord, we give you glory. It's more than that. The Bible talks to us in 1 Timothy chapter 4. It talks about being an example in word, in conversation, in charity, spirit, faith, and purity. That word conversation speaks not only of verbal conversation, but more specifically the Greek word here applies to lifestyle is your lifestyle setting a good example are you worshiping God with the way that you live and how you interact with the community that you've been called to you see it's more than just some lyrics that we throw up on a screen it's the life that we are living worshiping God I believe that every action we take we need to take it carefully and evaluate whether or not this will bring him honor or steal him of it Is your soul well? You can answer that by looking at the life you're living and see if it brings him praise. See if it brings him honor. See if it worships God or it doesn't. Psalms 103. One preacher said that Psalms 103 is the entire Bible in one chapter. Psalms 103 is a beautiful, beautiful chapter. One scholar said that Psalms 103 is the most beautiful piece of literature in all of history. King David writes in Psalms 103, this is how it starts. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That is consistent with the Hebrew thought. Bless the Lord with all. Everything that is within me. David goes on to command the angels to bless the Lord. All of the hosts and ministers bless the Lord. It begins with bless the Lord, O my soul. And it ends with bless the Lord, O my soul. Can I tell you this is what life is about? When your soul, when everything that is on the inside blesses the Lord. When, when I take this, this borrowed breath from him and when I use it to honor him, it is in that place that we are most alive. It is in that place when we are truly at home. 
I know we've read it before. We've sung about it. We've preached about it. We know the scripture quite well. But I love how the book of Psalms ends. Psalms 150, it just kind of sums it all up. It says, let everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What is life about, you ask? It's about worship. It's about worship unto the one true God. When is my soul at home? When is my soul at ease? When I use this borrowed breath to bring him glory. To worship him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why? Because already everything around you is praising the Lord. Already everything around you, the creation, only the human soul has a choice. That's it. So what will your choice be? Will we decide to to come home? Is your soul well? Is your soul, is it well with your soul? What is concerning to me is noticing an immense amount of people that are going through life and they physically have a home, they have a place to go to, but on the inside, they are emotionally nomadic. They are restless. They have literal and physical homes, but internally they are restless and so unsettled. And guess what? The search continues. You ever hear someone say, I'm I'm trying to find myself? I'm searching for myself. I'm, I'm trying to find the person that I'm supposed to be. I'm trying to find my purpose. Why? Why am I here? Why am I? Why do I exist? I got a job and I'm getting paid, but that's not fulfilling me. What I, I, I want more. It's not really what I want to do. And they, const- they constantly, they're traveling here and there internally looking everywhere. Can I tell someone this morning that this is what you have been looking for? It's not in a job. It's not in a career. It's in Jesus. This is home. This is where your soul is looking for. I'm not saying don't have a career. I'm not saying don't do this or don't do that. But in everything you do, make sure that that life is a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Make sure that that life is a life that brings praise and worship unto your creator. Praise is such an interesting term. You know, a lot of people, when they think of praise, they think of fast, uh, uh, upbeat songs, right? Like we need to sing something with some some rhythm and some beat to it. And I know when we have church, you'll you'll hear the worship leader get up and say, let's let's praise the Lord. Let's praise him. And we'll sing upbeat songs and and we'll 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 call it praise. But and then we'll 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 kind of slow it down sometimes and sing a slow song that is bringing praise. But you see, praise in the Hebrew mindset was not fast songs. Praise in the Hebrew mindset was not slow songs or really even singing. It can be, but praise was a way of living. It was a way of talking. It was a way of 
thinking. It was a way of singing. It was a way of being alive. You could sum it all up by just saying praise was just continually just God talking about God, thinking about God, sharing your thoughts about God with another believer, expressing him in everything that you did in your whole life. And guess what? All of it was praise. All of it was praise. All of it was praise. So when you see those words, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, it's this. Let everything that has borrowed breath, use it to honor him. Use it to think of him. Use it to worship him. Let everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And please don't think I'm some maniac up here that I understand that, that, that you have a job. You, we can't go to church every day. As good as this feels, as good as it feels to be with the body, we can't go to church every day. We can't gather every day. I know you have bills to pay and you got jobs to be at, but my concern is we get so busy and life just piles up on us. And on the inside, we just stop going home. Can you imagine if we did that physically? Can you imagine? How crazy would your life be? Whoop, don't have time to go home today. Too busy. I see. With the gas prices and people wanting to work from home and they said, no, you can't work from home, they're fine. I'll do home from work. I'm going to bring my kids. I'm going to bring in some food and I'm just going to, I can't go home. It's too expensive. Could you imagine if we didn't go home physically? How horrible, how crazy would our life be? Is it well with your soul? When was the last time your soul's been home? When was the last time you just got lost in worship and praise and just giving him everything? When was the last time your soul was at home? So our music comes, John chapter 6. We see where the crowds had just left Jesus after his preaching. Jesus turns to his disciples and he asks them, are you going to leave me too? Peter speaks up and he's like, really? Where, where am I going to go? You have the words of life. Where else am I going to go, Jesus? There's something inside of me, Jesus, that says, this is home. Like you, you are it. I feel like that situation happens more often in a church service than we realize it. Where we come together as a church family and we worship God and we give Him praise. And there are people that on the inside, they are saying, this is it. This is what I this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been searching for my whole life. This this is it. 
I believe it's happening even right now as I'm speaking. There is a feeling inside of you saying that this just feels right. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is What's happening is that you are connecting with the essence in which you exist. That's God. It's home. But just like Jesus turned to his disciples and asked them, are you going to leave me too? I feel like he asks us that in this place today too. Are you going to leave? Or are you going to come home? Are you going to worship me? Can I tell you he's available today? That he's drawing you? Trying to draw you closer to him? What's our response? What's our response? Is it to just keep traveling and, and drifting, or is it to come home? So I ask you today, are you home? Is it well with your soul? Would you stand with me this morning? What are you doing? What are you doing with the borrowed breath of God? Are you returning it to him? Is your life giving him honor or is it robbing him of it? Is your life bringing him glory or is it stealing it from him? Did you know that it is only the soul that lives forever? Friend, the reality of everlasting life is not up for debate. The Bible is crystal clear. Everyone will live forever. The question is where? The only thing that is separating us from the reality of our eternal destiny is, is that. The breath that you just took. Don't ever, don't ever lose the marvel of breath. Don't ever forget that God is the only reason that you stand here today. If we're not careful and you lose the wonder, you'll fall under the guise of, I can make it happen. No, preacher, it's not well with my soul, but I can make it happen. People will ask, is your soul well? Yeah, it's well. I prayed. Are you right with God? Yes, I'm right with God. I dedicated my life. Are you right with God? Yes, I've been having my devotional time. Are you right? Is your soul well? Yes, I've been. I, I, I. Friend, there's no I. I can't do this. I've seen what I can do. I'm sick of what I can do. 
I've seen what I'm, I'm broken over what I can do, but I've not given up because I've also seen what he can do. And I want to stand and say, Jesus, I need you. Lord, I need you to cleanse me. I need you to restore me. I need you to fix me. I need you to create in me. I need you to save me. I need you, God. Because in and of myself, all that I can do is continue to crumble under the weight of my own sin. May I never get over the fact that God saved a wretched sinner like me. May I never get over the fact that he allowed me to see another day. May I never get over the fact that he's patient with me, that he's long-suffering with me, and in me dwells nothing. May I never get over being broken over my own sin. May I never become complacent. May I never ever stop getting over the incredible distance between me and my Jesus because that's the only way I appreciate the distance that he traveled to make me his child. And because he first loved me, I'll lift my hands. And I'll return the breath that he gave me in worship and praise. And in doing so, my soul finds peace. My soul goes home. My soul connects with its creator from which it came. My soul finds what it's been looking for. I Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.